We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Calling all multitaskers. That's right. Those people that can do multiple things all at the same time. We value them so much, right? Or do we follow science that there's no such thing as multitasking? Hey everyone, Dr. Jones here with another episode of Seeing to Lead. And this episode is my appearance on Nick Davies' podcast. We had a great conversation, and the whole idea about multitasking science has long since dispelled the myth that we can multitask. It's a zero-sum game. We've got 100% to give to whatever task at hand. What multitasking really is, is rapid switching between tasks, and what occurs then is the ability, or inability, I should say, to not give 100% to each of the items. So in this talk, one of the big things I talk about is there's no such thing as a work-life balance. And I say that because balance infers that it's even, that we can give our full attention to both family or life and work at the same time? Well, refer to multitasking. No, we can't. So what it is, is learning to prioritize. It's about a work-life negotiation. Look, there are some times where work is going to take more from us, demand more from us, but we have to make sure we make it up on the other end with our families. And there are times where our families need more and work, if that's a place we want to be, needs to understand that families come first. One of the many reasons this is important is because in order for you to improve, in order for you to move up, so to speak, you have to move up with yourself first. I know we talk a lot about self-care, and yes, of course, self-care is super important, but what I'm talking about is our ability to focus on what we need to improve about ourselves, reflect on how to best do it, set goals, and then get after it by learning to prioritize. Because in the end, there's no such thing as a work-life balance or multitasking. It's a work-life negotiation based on focusing on different items one at a time. That's the way we find success and continually improve. Well, that's all I got here before you listen to me talk about much of the same and even more on Nick Davies' podcast. I encourage you to check out his podcast and subscribe to it because he's got a lot of great information on leadership. So let's get to getting better on this episode of Seeing to Lead. (laughs) 
Dr. Chris Jones here, and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Dr. Chris Jones has been an educator in Massachusetts for 22 years. His experience in the classroom ranged from 8th to 11th grade, working in an urban setting. A a portion of this was spent opening a high school division for an expanding charter school. He's just finished his 14th year as a building administrator. Chris is also the vice president of the Massachusetts State Administrators Association. True to his why of improving the educational experience for as many people as possible, he is currently the principal of Whitman Hanson Regional High School in Whitman, Massachusetts. He's the author of Seeing to Lead, a book that provides strategies for how modern leaders can and must support, engage, and empower their teachers to elevate student success. Chris vlogs weekly about continuous improvement and is also the host of the podcast Seeing to Lead as a way to amplify teachers' voices in an effort to improve education as a whole. His overarching goal is to positively model continuous improvement in all facets of life by being purposeful, acting with integrity, and building character. Chris, I'm really excited to have you on um, my podcast. This is a a different format for me. Um, And so you are um, my first guest like this. Um, Not the first episode, but first guest like this. So welcome aboard. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm I'm really excited to... uh to be on your show and have a conversation with you. Yeah, so let's um, let's jump right into this. I am um, someone who's always curious about habits and just kind of what people do consistently to move them forward. So what habits or strategies have helped move you along in your professional career? Um, there's a number of habits, but one of the biggest habits come from the mastermind that I'm part of is I make sure to read and reflect um, I make sure that I always at least try to get a half an hour of reading in every day, no matter where I can build that in. And, and that's usually a part of that or all of that is part of my morning routine. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I can do the same thing over and over again uh, as long as it serves the purpose of fulfilling the goal that I'm aiming for. So one of those things is my morning routine. Uh, I also, one of the other things I do is take control of my schedule. I I block time in my schedule, and I look for ways to empower others so that I can get more of what I need to get done bigger picture. So can you talk a little bit more about taking control of your schedule? That's something I'm fascinated in as a building leader, and and I know that not everyone views that the same way. Um, And some people say, hey, that principal needs to be the first one on the radio at all times. Um, So I'm curious what... um, what your thoughts are, because I, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, my thoughts around that are the idea that, look, I there are certain things that I need to do as a principal that are bigger picture. There are other things, hundreds of other things, that people think I should do because I'm the principal. Um, and there, you know, I can't do them all. And if I'm doing those other things that people expect, in other words, doing maybe their to-do lists instead of mine, 
then I never get the tasks that are important to move the school forward in its vision. Uh, I, I just can't get to them. There's not enough hours in the day. So what I do is, and it and it takes it takes some getting used to. So what I do is in my schedule, if you if you were to open up my schedule, if you ever want to look at somebody's schedule, you'll see what they value because that's what's scheduled. And I get up early in the morning because I have a couple things I value. So I get up at quarter to four in the morning. I hit the downstairs in my basement on the days that I'm not going to be able to get to the gym in the afternoon. I go downstairs. I, you know, I do some exercising and then I come upstairs. I get showered up and dressed for the day. Then I do some of that reading. I I do something that is good for me mentally wise or to or to push myself forward. I do not look at my phone. As a matter of fact, my phone is still on do not disturb. And I can talk to you about my do not disturb hours later if you wish. But then I make breakfast for everybody in my family so that I know my family's taken care of and starts the day with breakfast. And then I, I go off to work. And every morning at work, one of my pick-me-ups, because sometimes I look, you know, we're all human. Sometimes I'm tired in the morning. Sometimes I'm not in the best of moods in the morning. <laughs> and so I get into work. But one of the things that puts me in a good mood every day is I do arrival every day. I greet the buses. I direct traffic, the kids that are getting dropped off by their parents. And there's music blaring. And I do it with my assistant superintendent. He's out there every day with me. We're And, and parents comment because we're out there rain, shine snow, bitter cold. <laughs> We're out there in all of it. And uh, we just had a parent drive by this morning and yell, hey, you're almost there, you know, and honk at us <laughs> and wave. Um, but yeah, so I do that. And then I can come in and I go about my business. Now, my schedule during the day, I have two time periods during the day that I block off for classroom walkthroughs. I've given authority of my calendar over to my admin assistant. So anybody that wants to schedule something with me goes through her and she has my calendar, but she knows there are certain things that I block off during the day on my schedule, and one of them happens to be the classroom walkthroughs, that she's not allowed to put anything over. And so then I make sure that I, I keep those sacred. I also schedule in project time, and she stays away from that. Project time is for me to take time, sit down, and get into some of those deeper things I need to do. Now, the good part about that is sometimes... Right, things come up. You have to get done at certain different points in the year. Um, if I need to do extra work on a school improvement plan, putting it together, well, I'll take one of those project blocks and I'll make sure I bang that out and get it done. There are times where evaluations need to be done um, with a lot of heavy writing because they're either formatives or summatives. Well, I take some of that project time and I do that. So um, I really make sure that I put these blocks on my schedule. I do that by taking what's important to me what I value, and then blocking that out first, what's most important. And then second, what's most what's second important, I block that out and I slap that in, and then so on and so forth until I get my calendar full. That's great. Um, love that structure um, and that strategy. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. So you've been doing this a long time, right? You're principal of the year. If you're looking back at your 25, 30-year-old self, um, what would you, what do you know now that you would like to have known then? Oh, so much. <laughs> I, I have to narrow this down. Uh, okay. So, you know, if I go big, 
Um, one of the things that I'd, I wish I knew earlier is I don't have to do it all myself. And that especially beyond that, another piece of that is the world is full of gray. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Too often we get caught up on precedent or this is how we did this two years ago for three students. So we have to make sure we do it the same way this year, three years later. We can't rely on precedent if we're to serve individual. You know, context matters and you're not courageous by being stiff and being black and white. What You're courageous and the courageous part of leading is not on the easy days when there's a textbook answer or a template you can follow, but on the difficult days where you have to weigh different aspects of it. You have to take stock of what that individual needs at the time, could be a student, could be a teacher. It could be the parent sitting in front of you, but they can't all be the same. And yes, some people will criticize you for that, but that doesn't mean you're wrong and you don't do it. Because look, we're, we're not here to do what's easy, we're here to do what's right. And what's right is treating individuals just as that, individuals and making decisions based on their individual situation at the time. Yeah, um, I love that. Don't do what's easy, we're doing what's right. Um, mm. Yeah, um, so thank you for sharing those. Um, definitely some things that I can put to use. Um, so after some of the success you've had, um, what gets you up every day? And and you said you're getting up at quarter to four, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's start there. I'll ask about sleep later. But what gets you up every day? What what drives you? You've you've mentioned your why in the past. So maybe maybe talk about your why and what drives you every day. Yeah. Um, what drives me every day is continuous improvement. I you know, um I I always want I always want to be better and do better. I always want to do more and be more. And the thing is though, that has to fit with my why. Uh, because that's a little different from my why, but it has to fit with my why. And the idea of making the educational experience better for everyone involved is, is part of that. But I also have other values, my family. So you ask why I get up early in the morning. I get Anytime I want to do something extra or add something extra to my schedule, right, That's that's got to be something else I'm saying no to. And I can't say no to my family. There, now, there are times, right? I'm a realist. I'm honest. There are times that I have to say no to my family because something else takes precedent. I, that's why I, I don't believe in the work-life balance thing. You, you can never balance your life outside of work and work. You have to negotiate your life outside of work with work. And so those times where my family has to step back a little bit have to be paid back where my job steps back a little bit and my family takes center stage. So if I wanna add something to my calendar or my day, if I can't find a different way to put in it where I'm not sacrificing time with my family, well, guess what? I sacrifice time for myself and I get up earlier. If I can't get up any earlier and fit it in, then I have to say no to something besides my family. Um, and, and that piece of continuous improvement doesn't necessarily come from, oh, you gotta get so much better. It comes from a, a place of, look, I'm doing this now. Think about how awesome 
it would be if I could just take one more step forward. If I could just push that line just a little farther, think about how good things could be or that I could influence for the better then. If I'm doing what I'm doing now, just think one more step forward. And that's what keeps me going that way. Yeah. Um, you talked about that there is no balance, right? And I I agree to that. Um, it it definitely is that that's really a lie, right? That that has been sold right. to us. Um, but can you talk about then if you negotiate, right? It's more of a negotiation between work and life. Um, how do you like how do you negotiate with yourself and figuring that out? Right. You're you're a high school principal, you got athletic events, you've got uh any different activities plays or concerts or um just there's a million things that go on at a high school right um how do you negotiate that and you've got kids right <laughs> well it it comes it comes from prioritizing what's more important at the time see the thing is with education and especially a leadership position i can give everything i have to this and guess what? It'll ask for more. No matter how much I give, it will always ask for more. Um, I can't let that happen. I have to put a stop somewhere. And I've had to say to people before that have asked if I haven't been at that concert, if I haven't been at that athletic event, well, why weren't you there? You should have been there. I just couldn't fit it into my schedule. I had something else that conflicted. And then even if they say, even if they go as far as to say, and this is starting to happen in culture or in society, well, that means you're saying the other thing was more important than than this. Yes, you're right. I am. And it's it's as simple as that because when when we go through life, there are certain things that are constants in our life that will always be there no matter what. Um, I I feel completely comfortable in saying this, that education will always ask for more. And when I leave this chair, whether it's to move to a different chair or whether it's to retire, guess what? Somebody else is going to be put in that chair. Somebody else is going to be sitting in that chair. I'm replaceable. And as a matter of fact, I would argue if I'm doing my job to the best of my ability, I'm working myself out of a job because I, I should be completely replaceable. This place should run just as well without me as it does with me. Yeah. Leif Babin, uh, who worked with Jocko Willink on extreme ownership, some Navy SEALs, they say um, the the goal of a leader is to work yourself out of a job. Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, 100%. But now see, the thing is, if my family, if my wife doesn't have her husband, there's nobody taking my seat. If my yep. kids don't have their father, there's nobody taking that seat. So that is priority number one, no matter what. How do you then relay that to your staff, right? Um, we all have, uh, at least in the Northwest, it's challenging to find subs and, um, you know, we're short-staffed and paraeducator positions aren't filled and all those things. Um, so as the leader of your school, are you relaying that, like this message to them so they can try to live out that same thing? Um, how does that play out in your school? I relay that information to them and I encourage that. If they tell me that there's something going on where they might not be able to make it here because they've got this family thing, I say, okay. I don't look at them and I go, ah, uh, really? No, I say, okay. And I tell them, your family's most important. Your health's most important. Your family's most important. And this will be here. I'll find a way to cover it. I'll find a way, whether it's creative, however we do it, I'll make sure it works. 
Um, you know, we've we've had a couple of uh, a couple of times this year where staff members couldn't make certain events. Parent conferences, right? We do virtual parent conferences ever since COVID. You know, we we do that, and now we're moving kind of back to hybrid and with contract stuff. Yeah, they have to do virtual conferences, but they have to do it from their classroom and school. I've had people to, look. You know, Dr. Jones, I'm really not feeling good. Look, you know, Chris, I don't have coverage for my kid. They're coming to. Yeah, that's great. Do it from your kitchen. I don't, I, I don't care. You're doing your thing. It's it's what you have to do to make sure that you're taking care of outside your health or your family before you take care of here. Because quite honestly, if you're not taking care of those things, you're not present anyways. I mean, who are we kidding? If if that's not right in your life, you're not leading to the best of your ability. Let's be honest about it. So you have to make sure those things are in line. So I do model it. I tell people that. I tell people all the time. Don't answer emails on the weekend. Like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at emails and answering them on the weekend? For two reasons. One, that's your time, right? You don't email things to people and expect them to get back to you like parents and students on the weekend. And, and they won't. They'll say, hey, I'm not in school. Yeah, well, you're not at your job. So take that time. And the other reason that you don't answer emails on the weekend is because as soon as you do, you tell people it's okay to email you on the weekend. Yeah, and you lose that boundary. So I I do a lot of things like that with staff, letting them know that their their time is most important. Love it. Um, you mentioned email, so I, so I got to ask, right? Our email inboxes are probably filling up as we speak to each other right now. Um, <laughs> I have become a firm believer in I check it at the beginning of the day, and then I I exit out of that application and I check it at the end. What's your What's your strategy? Right there, beginning okay. and the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> I I look in the beginning, like I said, so my morning routine, right? I, I'm still on Do Not Disturb. I don't look at my phone. Yep. Uh, I've got other things I got to do. Email quite often is somebody else's to-do list. And so if I'm doing theirs, again, I, I said it earlier, I can't be doing mine. So I check it in the beginning of the day and I check it at the end of the day. If somebody really needs to get in touch with me, I mean, look, I've got my cell phone on me. I've got my two-way on me. I, I have an admin assistant that will find me. You know, So <laughs> if I'm needed, you can find me. Awesome. Love it. Um, and I'm assuming then your staff knows as well that that's, that's how you operate, right, when it comes to those kinds of things. I, yeah, Correct. email is inherently asynchronous, right? And, like, I'm not checking it all the time. I, it can't possibly be urgent because I might not be looking at it. Um, you know, the other important part of that is the empowerment piece, right? So if I get an email in the morning and somebody emails me and there's three other people on it, you know, those emails and they're like, I, I need to know whether I can do this or this, or what do you think? And I don't answer it. And I open that email up at the end of the day, they found a solution. They've handled it. And then I, uh, I'll look at the email. I go, Hey, nice work. Call it a day. (laughs) They're empowered. They've done it themselves. And I haven't had to spend time trying to sort it out. That's great. Um, I am always a fan of of reading and finding new books. Um, I've, now that I've been doing enough of these interviews, the, the list is getting overly long, but I still want to know. So what's the best book you've read recently? And we're going to seeing to lead, I'm, I'm guessing is at the very top, right? Uh, and... <laughs> That's on. It's been that's been on my list for a while because um, okay. uh, Danny Bauer mentioned it uh, uh, back in December when I was in a training with him, um, and so it's on my list. Um, but 
What's the best book you've read recently? The Promises of Giants by John Amici Obi. All right. Um, any particular reason or just like that? It's a go-to book. Oh, man, it is a go-to book. <laughs> um, he's absolutely fantastic. It, it, it's, a, it's a book that really speaks to the immense responsibility of leadership when it's done right. Um, you know, right? The Promises of Giants. Um, it really talks about the impact you have and the influence you have on those you serve. And it, it's about just that, leadership that's based on service, not just to others, and this is the key part, but to yourself. Yeah. And so it is just, it has anecdotes, it has um, all kinds of things to take off on there. I, I, I've read it twice, and I don't reread books. Mm-hmm. And I've I've got all kinds of margin notes. I I am a margin note person though. So, but yeah. I've got all kinds of margin notes and everything. I love that idea of leadership to yourself, and and um, I always view that as like a, a, you're your own accountability partner, right? Like if you're gonna go, if you're gonna get a workout in, you're not gonna reschedule it, right? You have to hold yourself to that. Just like if you have a meeting with a teacher, you don't you make sure that you're there. You need to make sure you do the same thing to yourself, right? If you set a goal or, or set a, uh, an appointment, be there for yourself. Um, that's great. Uh, Chris, any, anything else? So the, the purpose that I meet with leaders is to learn as much as I can. Is there, is there some, um, kind of key to leadership moving up in the ladder, um, that we, that we haven't touched on? Well, I, I think key to leadership and moving up could be two different things. Um, I would encourage all leaders Look, people have goals, right? They they set goals of moving up the ladder, so to speak. But I would say um, move up with yourself first, if that makes any sense. I think you have to make sure that you're moving up in leadership for the right reason and at the right time in your life. So don't ever, you know, I hear people talk about all oh, move up there and boy, have you seen their paychecks? Don't ever move up for money. Just it's it's not worth it. Like yeah. you need to love this job. Look, I love being a principal. I think it's the toughest job you'll ever love. Uh, people hear what I do and they're like, "Oh my god, that's so hard." I I don't know if I'd ever want to do that. And I said, "But you don't you don't understand if you're passionate about it and you do it, that's where you step up to." If I get not challenged enough. I can't even imagine I'm saying this, but if I <laughs> if I feel as if I'm not challenged enough at the principalship, well, then I'll move up to central office. Mm-hmm. If I feel I can have a bigger impact at central office or influence better things, I'll move up to central office. If I feel like I've gone as far as I can go in this current position, then I'll move up. Before then, I'm not interested you know, try and look again, I'm a realist. I know that sometimes you're faced with a decision, right? The person above you moves, leaves, and you can either step up or you can deal with whoever comes in. And there's that uncertainty, but you really need to think hard before you take that step up out of fear rather than preparedness. Um, that I mean, that's that's probably the biggest piece of advice I'd give lean into your passion, find out what you're passionate about in your current position and don't move up until that passion slides into that area. 
Thank you, Chris. Um, love that advice. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. Um, join me on this podcast. Um, and I wish you the best in the rest of your year. This will um, probably come out right at the end of the right at the end of the school year. So you might already be done, but um, I wish you the best of luck. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nick. I, it's it's really been my pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E.